Hey everyone, Blaney here. It's been an absolute monster of a week with travel and my day job schedule, and you might be wondering why this episode's a bit late coming out. Well, it has been a bit of a challenge, but I didn't want the team's good work and insight to not be heard. Sorry about the delay, but you should hear what we have to say about how we are leaning for our tipping and also the entertainment factor. Here's the show. Hello and welcome to the NRL show, the podcast for all the Mojo Sports fans who love rugby league. I'm your host, Lainey. The second week of finals has passed us by and we are into preliminary finals for the 2023 NRL season. We've farewelled another two teams, the Sydney Roosters and the Newcastle Knights, which leaves two more matches to determine which teams will feature in the grand final. So on the show today, I'm joined by our wonderful panellists, Emma and Lachlan, and we will bring you our analysis previews of the matches ahead and share thoughts on who we think have been outstanding players that we think should be genuine contenders for the Delhi M Awards. We unpack the finals matches in week two, and we get very excited, perhaps too excited, about the possible matchups in the grand final. Can you believe it's nearly here? And it feels like it was only a short time ago that we had kicked off the season. Wow, we have so much to talk about, so let's get into it, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mojo Sports NRL show. I am your host, Lainey, and I'm joined today by my wonderful panellist, Lachlan McIntyre, our show Globetrotter. Um, hello, Lachlan, how are you, and how are you feeling about your upcoming trip? Hey, Lainey, I'm doing well, thanks. Pretty excited to get out of this heat. But yeah, a bit bittersweet as well, because it'll be the first time in my life that I won't be in Sydney for the NRL Grand Final, so... I think I'll be feeling a bit lost when that game kicks off. Hopefully I'll be able to uh, find some time to watch it. I'm sure I will be able to make time to watch the big dance. But, yeah, really excited. How are you doing, Lainey? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thank you. Um, I've already got my tickets to the grand final, actually. Myself, my brother, his kids and my husband were all going over for a family day. So we'll be there enjoying the NRLW and the NRL final. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. So I've got some time off coming up. Oh, cannot wait. So, yes, I'll try to keep my excitement um, a little bit tampered over this episode. And welcome to and hello to our other panellist, Emily Jamison. How are you, Emma? And how's the uh, heat wave up there? Are you staying out of it? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Lenny. And, yeah, it's not too bad here. I think it was a, I think like a high of 28 or something here today. It's only 20 degrees at the moment. So, yeah, we're living up pretty good weather. So can't complain. Mm, that does sound nice. Um, it doesn't sound anywhere near as um, awful as it is where Lachlan is telling us about the uh, temperatures he's had to deal with. What was it? Did you say it was 30 at um, footy training today, Lachlan? Yeah, well into the 30s, like well past dusk uh, at touch training tonight. So definitely not used to the heat. Just a few weeks ago, we were rocking up to training in jumpers and now we're at the finish and sweating. So yeah, very different experience, but yeah, hopefully the cold snap comes and comes quickly. Yeah, well, hopefully that trip overseas as well will give you some bit of reprieve from the uh, hot weather that we're definitely coming into. All right, so team, we've got two matches uh, from the last round that uh, we should definitely have a chat about. So we say goodbye to another two teams. Uh, so they were the uh, the Sydney Roosters and the Newcastle Knights. So the Sydney Roosters, they were defeated in another tight match. It seems actually to be the flavour of the month uh, by hosts of the Melbourne Storm. It was a pretty big home crowd that turned out to support the Storm, but I did still hear that Roosters drum in the background as the intensity really ratcheted up. So it was a full-time score of 18 to 13. And at halftime, I think there were only four points between them with a score of 10 to 6 in the Storm favour. And then Lindsay Collins 
You know, <laughs> Lindsay Collins crosses the line for a try and Sam Walker um, and his conversion, which actually tied the game. Emma, last week, we talked about accidental hero Sam Walker, who has been the player and the Roosters side to dig deep and do things that just put pressure on their opposition, knocking over a field goal that took the Roosters also to the lead with one point. I'm not sure what you thought of the match, both of you, but I was on the edge of my seat right up until the very end. Emma, you said it was actually going to be very close, and it was. What were your thoughts and opinions about that match? As I said, I I thought it would be close if – I thought it was going to be close, but I thought that uh, if if the Storm won, they would actually win quite convincingly. Um, and I was I was a bit wrong there. Like it was it was close the whole game, and they just managed to pull ahead. I think is a bit controversial, and I think if a few things <laughs> had it have gone a little bit differently, maybe maybe it might not have been the same um, the same result. But in all honesty, I think that the outcome was the way it should have gone from based on the rest of the season. Maybe it was the wrong call on the night, but. I think it reflects the season. That's just my opinions anyway. What about you, Lachlan? Yeah, well, summed up, Emma. Um, like you said, I thought, yeah, if it was a tight one, it would be the Roosters scraping through and, and upsetting Melbourne last minute. I really thought if Melbourne were on, they would be on and be able to run away with it. But they weren't really where Craig Bellamy would want them to be, I think that's fair to say, uh, Melbourne. So got a lot, lot of work to do after that game. I think they can count themselves lucky to to get through that. And Roosters were good as well. I shouldn't uh, take anything away from them. So, yeah, big game now, obviously, for Melbourne. They've earned their their way to a prelim final berth, even after that uh, week one finals where things didn't go exactly as planned. So, yeah, I think a good game all up and good on Melbourne for stealing it at the death. Yeah, that Will Warwick try, hey? Gosh. (laughs) Um, yeah, quite brave from um, Cameron Munster to do a crossfield kick when he did. Anyway, we'll probably be talking about that for a long time to come. Uh, the next match uh, we did um, get around to watching. I'm not sure if you guys uh, did as closely as I did. So the New Zealand Warriors, probably the most talked about team coming into this next round of finals. Uh, and I've heard up the wires everywhere. It's amazing. Uh, so they hosted the Newcastle Knights in Auckland in front of a 26,000 plus crowd. It looked like a party for spectators. The final score was 40 to 10 to the Warriors. I didn't think that that was going to be the margin. I think I even said that um, it wasn't going to be much because of the way they've been performing. But once they got going, the side just built up steam for the whole 80 minutes. So credit to the Knights as they've enjoyed some sold-out matches with their own fans, uh, you know, at home, only then to um, have an away game and and be just completely drowned out by a sold-out, you know, opposition crowd. So. Yeah, anyway, Knights, you did well. You had 10 straight. I think, Emma, at one point you said at some point you weren't sure whether to tip against them because this winning streak has to come to an end at some time. Lachlan, you were unsure about the Warriors getting a win against the Knights and you thought it would be close. Also, also both of you were in two minds about who you wanted to um, have win from that match as the Knights and Warriors have kind of been the underdogs that have made it through to the finals ahead of some of the other big sides. Lachlan, did you watch the match and uh, what did you? Yeah, definitely watched the match. Uh, Warriors came out very, very strong. I really didn't see that coming. I thought there would be some early game jitters from both sides, but it was just the Knights who who showed that and the Warriors were able to pounce. So, yeah, they did what they had to do and then they really put the foot down when when it was necessary. I think it's a real statement and it shows that 
they shouldn't be written off just yet, despite that uh, first week of finals. Um, yeah, big, big result for the Warriors. I think, yeah, it's pretty much all I can say. What do you think, Emma? Yeah, I was pretty excited to see them get the win. Um, I, yeah, no, I'd said I wasn't really sure um, who to go for because it would be nice to see them both go do well just because it is a shock to see them both make it this far. But, yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited that the Warriors did make it through and, yeah, they really gave a lot in that game. But I think the Knights honestly already played their grand final the week before. They just put it all out on that field and they didn't really have anything left to give. Um, and I think just coming off such a great end to the end of the season, they just weren't didn't have have any more left to give really and the Warriors took advantage of that. Sad to see the Knights go, but I'm pretty excited for the Warriors and I think they deserved everything. Yeah. Thank you. I <laughs> I felt so too. Uh it was yeah, pretty interesting. Um and before that game actually uh started, they put up this graphic to show everyone the scene that they've been talking about the Panthers effect. I'm not sure if any of you have had a chance to see this. But every single um for the two rounds um side by side in which a team plays the Panthers. So they put up the graphic showing that like in round 20, um, a team that was defeated by the Panthers with a really big margin, the next week they would beat their next their opposition um the following week um with uh, like a huge margin. So, you know, they're talking about the fact that the Panthers seem to be this team that's sort of playing at the very sort of tippy top of um of rugby league at the moment. And whenever a side, you know, falls to them, it usually is that moment where a team takes a step back and looks at all of their weaknesses a little bit more closely and look at ways to sort of tighten up their game. And I know that coming into that match, the Warriors were, you know, defeated quite badly by the Panthers. And, of course, they come out and beat the Knights um, in that uh, recent match. So, yeah, kind of interesting. And it, there's a consistent pattern in which it's shown that that seems to be the effect. So, yeah, if any of you get the chance to look at it, it's it's quite interesting, very interesting. Yeah, well, I think it makes sense. Um, we we know that you get most of your um, learning really that comes from game time and for the way that the Panthers have been playing, um, it's just it's obviously going to teach you a lot about your own game and about the other game. Like when you have to play up against like a, a tougher team, you're always going to learn something from it and as long as you actually do take, take what happens to you and turn it into lessons, then um, it'll make you better players and a better team. So think that they've really showed that and hopefully that continues on for them and probably the other thing that I would make comment about following that match is that I did hang around to watch the press conferences from both clubs and um, you know I, I saw that the Knights were trying really hard but coming into that press conference I think Adam O'Brien was just a little bit stunned into not having too many words to really sum up how that performance was and I think the same was for Kalen Ponga although when asked by uh, journalists as to what they thought, you know, of the outcome. And I think it's hard as well when you've when you've lost um, after you've had such a great streak and when it means so much. I just sort of observed that it was pretty difficult for them to actually give credit to the Warriors for actually playing a great game and getting the result that they did um, rather than saying that they just um, weren't ready or things weren't going their way. So, I, you know, we talk about gracious losers, but I think also when you lose – and with such a big margin, sometimes you've got to accept reality and still give credit to the other side if they did play a better game. I don't know what you guys think about that. Post-game interviews are always interesting uh, places. Obviously, they've just come off this big loss. I kind of like it when they don't 
I feel like it's the easy way out to say, oh, yeah, the, the other team was great. Um, they played really well. They were just the better team today. I guess if they're providing constructive things about themselves to the press to to talk about, I guess that's their job to to make stories about, about themselves and why they weren't good enough that day. So, Yeah, I guess we don't expect like a Craig Bellamy sort of absolute truth bomb about how bad his team has been whenever they have a terrible loss. So each coach handles it differently. I got to agree with you, Lachlan. I I, I kind of like it when they take responsibility rather than just being like, oh, they were way better than us. And I think if the Warriors get that sort of sense of like false sense of security too, thinking that they just did a great job smashing the Knights when maybe the Knights were know that they weren't on fire, I think it really kind of affect, can affect the other team, the winning team going into the next round sometimes because when everyone's telling them, oh, you did such a great job when actually maybe the other team just wasn't. And if they know that they weren't on on fire, like I think I think it's good to kind of take responsibility for it as well. Both fair call. Thank you. See, again, I'm just trying not to be too like, you know, Warriors, Warriors. That's good to have you guys sort of recenter me. Okay, so we've got two matches ahead to talk about. And then after that, we'll have a discussion about the Delhi M Awards, uh, which are taking place next week and who we think um, should be winners um, amongst the uh, nominees. I know it's a bit of a closed-all process at the moment, and we only saw the list up until round 12, but we'll save that for afterwards. Okay, so for the first match, the Panther Panthers are coming off a rested round and will be hosting the Melbourne Storm in Sydney. The match will be played out at Homebush with an 80,000 capacity. It's a further destination for the strong Panthers fan base to travel, but I'd say they'll be making the journey to support their side. So the Panthers' recent five-game record is marred by that astounding Eels defeat. And for the Storm, their recent five-game record is tarnished by the Broncos' match a couple of rounds ago that left them scoreless. Emma, you were accurate in your preview last week with your prediction that it was going to be a close game and the Storm defeated the Roosters as you tipped. But with these two clubs in June and August of the season, the Panthers have defeated the Storm and they're coming up against each other again. Lachlan, is it three times a charm for the Storm for this particular match? I'm not sure at this point. Uh, I'm leaning towards Panthers just uh, off the team list we've gotten yesterday as of recording. But, yeah, we'll run through the game. So Penrith, they're obviously the minor premiers. They're coming in as heavy, heavy favourites in odds, a lot heavier favourites than I think they have any right to be, to be honest. They've got the week off last week after smashing the Warriors in week one of the finals. And, yeah, as you touched on there, Laney, they're playing at Sydney Olympic Park for that greater capacity, not Penrith which it does strike me a bit odd, these final games, you know, Penrith Panthers home game playing east of Parramatta, but hopefully we can fill up Acor. I did get an email this morning about two-for-one tickets, though, to uh, to Stadium Australia, to this game, and I've actually been hearing stories today about workplaces giving out free tickets to this game. So I am a little bit worried about the crowd figure for this game. Hopefully uh, people show up Friday night at Homebush, Hopefully Penrith fans make the journey. Obviously a bit tougher for Melbourne fans, but maybe a few will fly up, hopefully. There's a prelim final after all. Obviously these two sides were the grand finalists back in 2020 where Penrith almost pulled off that miraculous comeback, last-minute comeback, but Storm managed to hold on to win. In terms of team list for Penrith, Luai is back from his dislocated shoulder, which is a massive in, and Isaac Tago also um, after a pec injury. So that sees Zach Hosking and Tyrone Peachy move out of the 17 and Luke Garner and Jack Cogger sliding to the bench. Over on the Storm side, they're trying to bounce back from the shock kind of week one performance against Brisbane where I guess everyone kind of jumped on them. There was pretty 
pretty below par for a Melbourne team in the finals, to say the least, in that week one game. But yeah, they bounced back really well last week. Uh, well, not really well. They got the job done, and that's what matters in finals. So they beat the Roosters, and they did that without their halfback, Jerome Hughes. And the big news for them is Jerome Hughes is back in, pushing uh, Wishart to the bench and Bronson Garlic to the reserves. I really see this game as a bit of the battle of the halves. There's four four representative halves in there playing against each other. They're all very good players in their own right, and they work really well together as well. That pretty much sums it up. I'm going to tip Penrith. I think Storm just have not shown enough to be a grand final team this year. I think Penrith are building really, really well. I think this is a stepping stone for them to really mount a fight for the premiership. What are you thinking, Emma? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I would like to see the Storm beat Panthers because I don't really want the Panthers to win to get a uh, three-peat. I don't want them to win the grand final. And um, I'm very concerned that if the Warriors beat the Broncos, I think, and the Panthers beat the Storm, like I don't see the Warriors beating the Panthers in the grand final. The only team I see having the potential to beat the Panthers in the grand final is probably the Broncos. So it'd be nice for Storm to come out and beat them early when they're maybe thinking that they're going to slide through and make the grand final easy. Maybe if uh, Storm can knock them off early, that could be, could be a chance, but just based on the way that the season has gone so far, Panthers have been way too good and Storm just been very inconsistent. I think it'll be a tough game. And yeah, with like Luai coming back from his shoulder injury, maybe if they really target that left shoulder, um, maybe he'll miss some tackles and they'll slide through there. But at the same time, Jerome Hughes is coming back from his calf as well. So like I said, a bit of a battle in the halves there, but we've got two, both the Jeromes are sort of half injured, um, I guess seeing whether they all stay on the whole game. Maybe that might be a that could be a game changer if one of those boys does come out halfway through. Could mix things up a little bit. But um yeah, if all if all goes according to plan, I I see it ending up being the Panthers, even if it is a close game. What do you think, Laney? I, I think you're kind of onto something there. Um, you know, on the point that there might be couple of half injured people sort of hanging around <laughs> sort of showing up for this. Uh but yeah in terms of re-injury, that's definitely a concern. Um, I know I mentioned earlier the Panthers um, lost to the Eels. And I remember like the Eels is kind of the side that's shown last year and, and this year really that, that that they are the one side that actually knows how to defeat the Panthers. And I wonder how closely the Storm side have actually been watching a lot of that tape, um, especially that last game um, just before the Eels actually exited um, the NRL uh, for the end of their season. I mean, that was an overwhelming win. And um, they just exposed all of the flaws within the Panthers game and all those weaknesses. And I was actually listening to an interview that Mitchell Moses had um, sometime this week um, with Cooper Cronk. And I just caught the tail end of it. And he was saying that um, like their side actually know to really target players like Brian Toto and really suff- suffocate them in attack. And so he was kind of revealing all of these you know, tactics that they employ in order to um, defeat them. And they've done so now. And I wonder how many other teams have been listening to this. The Panthers have been, you know, resting, I guess you could say. So they've had a little bit more time to nurse pain and injury. So I think sort of pair that all together with all of this new information coming out about how to beat them. The Storm might actually come in with a little bit of a chance here. I still think that the Panthers are definitely the stronger side. And I and I'd say it will be a lot closer than we think. I would like to see the Storm win because I just think that'd be great. And I know if Gabby was here, she'd definitely 
tip the storm to win. I imagine that Munster and a lot of them will be looking to try and uh, shut down some of those players that Mitch, Mitch Moses had pointed out, like Isaiah Yo, Brian Toll, um, Crichton um, in this match. So I think it'll actually be a great game um, to see. And I, I am concerned that I think that Luai is a little bit quick to return. And um, I know, Emma, you always talk about how it's too quick to come back. They'll re-injure themselves and they'll be out. I, I don't know if this is that worth it to the Panthers um, to bring him back sort of half healed, I guess you could say, uh, because they do have pretty good depth in their squad um, as well. We've seen that. So um, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm definitely tipping the Panthers. I think it's going to be within um, a 10-point margin. I'd love to see the Storm win. Um, but, yeah, what an upset if the Storm do get the win here. Yeah, just on that, I think them bringing him back is kind of a sign that they're not taking any chances with the Storm. And I think we should all be careful not to write them off because even though the Panthers are so strong, the Storm could turn around and do something. With his shoulder, like, it was pretty ugly dislocation. But, I mean, if you strap it up and he tackles in a in a decent way, I guess, like, it can, it can happen. Um, he can he can go out there and, and do it. It's, he's going to be probably a little bit um, not as mobile as he should be because he's going to have to have a, bit, a fair bit of strapping taping there. But yeah, like he, if he's if he's confident enough to play and to use it, he'll probably be all right. But something that concerns me with the storm is um, I was <laughs> been seeing hearing a lot of people say that um, they need to come out and really do something more special than they did last week and all that sort of stuff. But when they played the Broncos and they got destroyed by them they were saying that they needed to stop being trying to be so fancy and trying to do extra things and just go back and play their own game and then they've had one game where they just scraped through and all of a sudden they need to push boundaries and do more things like I just feel like there's a lot of noise about them trying to do something special when they should have learnt two games ago they said that they needed to stop trying to do something special and just play their game so it'll be interesting to see what mindset they come into Um, the weekend with and yeah how they actually play because that is a little bit of a concern to me and I feel like a bit of mixed messages there but fingers crossed for them they can pull it all together it'll be a good game for sure. If I may just quickly about about Luai um, I guess if I'm Penrith this is the game where you have to bring him back right it's it's, if he's 50-50 to play and you choose not to play him then even if Penrith still win, then he's coming in as his first game back from a dislocated shoulder in a grand final where he'll be expected to play 80 minutes. And if they lose, well, they'll be asking the questions, what if we played Luai? I also think we've still got Jack Cogger on the bench. He can slot into the halves if Luai needs um, needs a break or if Penrith um, are comfortable. If Penrith, um, you know, are 10 minutes into that second half and they've got, you know, a three-try buffer that they can make that switch. So I, I guess I, I understand why they might take a bit more risk than they in would in normal circumstances, I guess, in bringing Luai back here. You, you kind of picked up on, on something that I was thinking about because, you know, I, I sort of think to myself that, you know, as you said, he's going to be less mobile as well. And, you know, he, he hasn't um, played any um, games lately. He's been in recovery. So he's probably a little bit, you know, out of sorts. But I don't know whether he'll be, Sort of missing an action uh, on the on the field, but I don't think he'll be in the depth of it as much as he usually is. And 
I, I think he'll be worried about re-injuring his shoulder. But also, I have a feeling the Storm side will be looking to target him a little bit more, you know, really exploit that weakness, put him in a little bit of pain, um, you know, with all of their hit-ups and as they run through. So, you know, I think um, the chances of him coming out of the scratch-free are very low. I think he he might, um, you know, may not be back next week, but um, at least at least uh, the coach played him to see what he could do. But, yeah, I, I actually think he could be a little bit of a liability uh, to the Panther side with him on the field um, as well. Thank you both. All right, so the Saturday match, it will be in Brisbane, um, and it's the Brisbane Broncos are hosting the New Zealand Warriors. It's a rested Broncos side at home hosting a travelling Warriors outfit that probably flew there on their own wings. Um, there's no doubt they're flying after that winning result last week against the Newcastle Knights. So earlier this year, it was a relatively close scoreline when these two sides met in Napier. So this is the next time they're meeting again. It's pretty much, I would imagine, a very exciting time up in Brisbane. Um, I've mentioned before on the show that the Warriors seem to have a great fan base that live in Queensland. It just seems to be the the warmer New Zealand additional state. Uh, so we saw what turnout they had when they were out of the Gold Coast for the Titans match. So they do have a strong support um, in the fan base that turn up, and I think they will. Uh, to Suncorp Stadium like they did for the Dolphins match. This particular match, there's a lot to get into here. Emma, what can we expect from the 7.50 match, which is being played in Lang Park on Saturday? Yeah, well, like we were talking about before, the Warriors had a pretty impressive win over the Knights last week, and they will be hoping to keep up that momentum for the most important game of their season so far. Uh, they will need to like, just literally leave everything on the field to to have a chance at making it to the grand final like this is. Do or die for them. They will need a lot to take down Broncos. I'm pretty sure they would be going into that um, knowing exactly how much effort it's going to take. Uh, The Broncos had a week off last week, so they'll be nice and rested once again coming into this game. Um, I guess they just have to make sure they switch on straight out of the gate like they did against Storm if they can do that. Um, Coming off a bye will be um, no issue for them as long as, yeah, as long as they're sort of firing, I guess. Both the Broncos and the Warriors have named the same 17 from their last games. So it's sort of a team that's been tried and tested, I guess, for the both of them. And they're both pretty good at the moment with like all injuries and all that sort of thing. So it's a pretty lucky position to be in, I guess, towards the end of the season. Just one thing I noticed that um, Adam Pompey is the only player in the Warriors squad who has been on the field for every minute of the 26 games in 2023. So I thought that was pretty interesting. It's good on him. Um, But yeah, I think it's really going to be a good game. It's kind of a battle of the veteran halves, I guess you can say. Uh, Sean Johnson and Adam Reynolds are both players nearing the end of their careers. And I think prior to this season, there'd probably been a few question marks around both their names, like when they would be retiring and that it would be getting close. But personally, I think they're both playing some of the best footy of their entire careers at the moment. Like they're really both in form and finishing it off strong. Like I think at the moment, it's kind of like, well, do do they even want to retire soon? Like they're just they're just playing so well, in my opinion, anyway, and they've done really exceptional um, jobs of leading their teams all year. So I'm excited to see what they look like up against each other in finals footy time. The odds have Broncos pretty heavily favourites in this game, and I think that's no surprise after the season that they've had. Uh, they've just been too good and too consistent all season. Uh, the Warriors have also been very impressive, but they've just not had the exact same consistency that the Broncos have. In saying that, when I look at the team list, there's no doubt in my mind that um, the Warriors do have a solid squad. I think on paper they have the potential to rival the Broncos. Uh, I don't think we should write them off. 
Uh, it feels like the whole world at the moment is, is backing the, the Warriors and hopefully they can use some of that energy. Everyone loves a bit of an underdog story. Like I'm pretty excited to see how they go. Um, and who's to say they can't make it the whole way. If they, if they come out and beat the Broncos, then why, why can't they beat the Panthers? Like, uh, yeah, I think that they could, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough fight though. I think like we're touching on before that it's actually probably a good thing that they lost the week one finals game against the Panthers. Cause they have learned a lot from that um, and they've had to fight hard to stay in the game. And, yeah, you saw how they did so well last week and I think it's kind of come from that. And they, if they do have to play the Panthers again in the grand final, then they'll know a little bit more of what they have to do. Hopefully they've gained some confidence from that game. If I'm coaching the Warriors, I'd be telling them they need to just shut out the noise and focus on playing their best footy because obviously there's going to be a lot of talk, a lot of people saying that they can't do it, um, a lot of hype around people hoping that they do do it. They've got better tackle efficiency and better completion rate than the Broncos, only just, but they do, according to the stats. It hasn't quite translated to points, and the Broncos have a far better for and against. If if they can do those little things right, all they need to do in the end is just score some tries. (laughs) I think it's really important that they um, mark up and shut down the key players, like having someone like maybe Torhu Harris just be on Adam Reynolds all day um, without a star player playmaker like Adam Reynolds. They just won't be as dangerous. Like I know that's a difficult task to do, just to shut him down, but if they can, that will give them a bit of an advantage. And they just can't give Reese Walsh, like just even giving him an inch, like he'll take a mile. So he's probably one of the most dangerous men out there. But if they can frustrating, like if they can frustrate him enough, they might be able to for some errors from him. I know he makes a fair few of their errors um, and I think that could open up a fair bit of opportunity for them to actually get ahead if they can. I think pretty sure Marcelo Montoya is on Selwyn Cobo's wing at the moment and he's really going to have to make sure he stays out wide and doesn't just leave any room for him because I think the Broncos, cause, like they get a fair few overlaps out that edge and, um, yeah, I'd be pretty concerned that a lot of tries could come from there. But, Really, any of the Broncos are capable of scoring, and if they give them the space, they will. So Warriors are just going to have to really tighten up that defense and not leave any holes for, like, for the whole game, really. They're just going to have to defend really hard from the start. If I was Kevy Walters, though, I'd probably be telling them just to make sure that they aren't going into this match thinking they've got it in the bag. The Warriors are a force that is to be reckoned with. Yeah, they'll need to play exactly the way they've been playing all season and not try and do anything crazy. Um, they're playing for a grand final spot here, and I think the they're probably the only team left that could beat Penrith. I know, as, like the Warriors could if they if they, if they really pull it together. But um, in all seriousness, the the Broncos have the chance to, but they just can't let the pressure get to them now because they could blow it before they even get to the grand final if they if they lose their cool. Um, especially Reese Walsh, like going up against his old team. I think he's the, probably the one that I would be a bit concerned about. Yeah, I'd have someone like Payne Hustle, one of them big boys, putting pressure on Sean Johnson the whole time and just trying to shut him down because the Warriors do get a bit lost without him. And pretty much just telling them all to do their job and be in a position to let Adam Reynolds work his magic. And if they do that, I think it'll be pretty simple for them to come out on top. But the Warriors are definitely going to give them a super like run for their money, I think. Um, and... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a pretty close game. I'm going the Broncos by four. Yeah, well summed up, Emma. I really struggle to see the Warriors being able to get this done. They've just 
had a massive build-up to this massive game in front of their packed home stadium, and now they have to travel across to to Brisbane with a whole country, whole country behind them, which can can weigh you down or can um, spur you on. I guess it depends on on what they make of it, and that's up to them. But um, it's going to be tough for them to run out into Suncorp Stadium. They call it the Cauldron for a reason. It's going to be packed with Broncos fans, and I think it's going to be really, really tough for them. It's very, very different environments week to week um, and very, very different oppositions as well. Brisbane have been in that top echelon all year, whereas the Knights were really riding on momentum. So I think Brisbane have them covered. Yeah, as you said, if they just do their job, let Adam Reynolds work his magic, I think Brisbane should be fine here. What about you, Lainey? It might come back to me maybe. Yeah, this match, look... Like a couple of things. Number one, you said, um, Emma, that Reese, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he goes coming back, facing up against his old team, um, you know, on the field. I think there'll be a little bit of pressure there. I wonder whether they'll be all nice to each other. You know, a couple of like um, fist bumps. I, I don't think so. <laughs> if there's one thing I've learned about uh, Reese is that he'll find a reason to have, to uh, to be motivated to to see you as an enemy on the field, you know, and that's probably one of the things we love about him in Origin as well. He's very passionate. Uh, we can't knock that. But, you know, there with his passion, I'd have to point out is the fact that he has the highest error count rate in the competition. Him and Cobbo are like in the two top five. For a side that's going to be going against a side that has like almost no players and you know in the top 10 with a, a high error count like those two have i mean like they really need to look at the their discipline they need to think about what they're doing um and your point about the overlap yeah i can see that being uh yeah being a bit of an issue for them so i think they need to keep a bit of a cool head coming off the rest um, that they've had, and they're in Brisbane. I, I feel like the Broncos have got quite an advantage um, coming into this match. And everyone's been talking about how they're such a strong team, and you know that you know they're very close to the top of the table. And they they have been pretty much all season showing that they've been gunning for a grand final position. I I'm not saying that they'll choke, but if they do, people will be talking about this for a long time. People won't be talking about the great work uh, that um, Kim Walters has done to get them to this um, point, especially after the last few seasons when they just had like injury woes and issues and he's been able to uh, turn them into the team that they are. And he's got what I think many other coaches would say is such an admirable combination of players. So, you know, in, in a roundabout way, it feels that everything is really pipped them to be the victor out of this match and if they if they don't it's going to be like a real disappointment to teams and I think uh, perhaps even more disappointing to the players themselves but you know there are some good players on the Warriors side that you know have been performing pretty consistently Uh, I mean like I think it's like Sean Johnson has one of the most um kick meters um, in the competition at the moment Adam Fenua Blake has got like the most post-contact meters I mean there are some like pretty big stats at the Warriors side um, and their players are showing up. And I think all run meters at Infinal Blake is that ranked number three at, here it is, 4,332. So he averages 173 meters a game. Um, and there are no Broncos players in that top five list. It's kind of astounding, really. I think that the Warriors, if they win this, it's going to be because they're doing the work um, on the day and they won't be looking to do quick, tricky plays. Um, like sometimes the Broncos um, find themselves doing. Um, and another thing that I would probably have to point out is Andrew Webster um, said at the end of that press conference last week that one of the things he's been trying to teach the team is don't 
go out there and try and play their game. Continue to have your mindset playing our game. If we keep doing that and we keep doing our job, uh, it prevents them from doing their job. And that's how we'll get the wins. And like this has just been an ongoing, ongoing message. And I feel like that we've seen that come through quite a bit as each week has gone by. No, we didn't see it in the Panthers game. <laughs> the Panthers team just ran all over them. But they learned from that um, and, they've, and they've come into this um, into this Knights game and, and, you know, got the outcome that they did. I have a feeling that with everything that's going on in New Zealand, all the pressure that they've got, these Kiwi boys love the pressure. You know, I see, I saw the way that they reacted when they had that big crowd out there, that they know how to pull in um, and dig deep to, to like get over the line. It may not necessarily be the cleanest and best win that um, they'll be going for in this match, but it'll be a win, which will be the difference about them getting to the grand final. I am tipping the Warriors for this. I am not tipping the Broncos. Broncos, I've said from the beginning, I, you know, I always said that they were going to be a top four team to me, and they are, and I've said it on here, my second favourite team, but my first favourite team is the Warriors. I'm going to be one-eyed about this, that I want the Warriors to win, and I also want the Storm to win, <laughs> the Warriors face up to the Storm in the grand final. And I've already got tickets to the grand final, so it, it kind of works out for me. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my call um, for this particular match. Yeah, I think that's, um yeah, a good call. You should get excited because they're one game away from the grand final, and that'll be awesome. <laughs> we'll all be getting behind that. Yeah, I was just going to say to finish things up, what I forgot to say earlier was that, we you can always you can never be sure about the the week off when teams get the the buy through a week. Um, doesn't always work positively for a club. So just another thing to I guess keep an eye out for the fact that the Warriors did play last week and Brisbane didn't. Yeah, for sure. That was um, a bit of a concern for me as well. I know they played so like it didn't affect them um, against the Storm, but the Storm was also coming off a buy, so maybe it was just that the Storm played worse. So. <laughs> The Storm were coming off a bye? No, 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 no. When they played the Broncos that last game, they were both coming off a bye, yeah. weren't they? That last game. Didn't they play each other, but it was like their reserve grade size? That like was their second string because they'd already made the eight? Oh, yeah. Sorry, they weren't They weren't coming off a bye, but like pretty much the entire team was rested, though. Rested, yeah. yeah. Is, is what I meant, yeah. It felt like a bye to me as well, Emma. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I'm actually keen to see what Chancellor Coxard looks like up against Reese Walsh, actually, um, in this match. They've got yep. such different styles. I'm excited. I'm too excited. Do you know what you know when you're too excited that I don't know, I feel like a little kid again. The last time I was this excited about grand final was twenty eleven when they when they made it. And I was in New Zealand at the time during the Rugby World Cup and there was a Friday night we were all in Auckland. Like just the people, the people. Like New Zealand had beaten France, and then um, the Warriors had um, beaten. I think they beat Melbourne. Yeah, they beat Melbourne, and they made it into the grand final. And like it was like the entire city of Auckland was down at the harbour, just partying and celebrating about <laughs> both their teams making it through. It was so good, and this is the same sort of energy again. It's kind of a nice feeling. Gosh, that was twelve years ago, really. Well, that would have been uh, so much fun, though. Well, thank you both. That was a really good, really good call, um, like reviews, previews for the game. Thanks, Emma. And also thanks, Lachlan. Were there any sort of final thoughts that you had, like heading into these two matches that you wanted to share, sort of put out there officially? This is one thing yeah. is 
the Storm and Panthers would have already played when Broncos go up against the uh, the Warriors. So I feel like I don't know if that will really affect their nerves or how they're thinking, like knowing who they're going to have to, if they do make it, how they're going to, who they're going to have to verse in the grand final. You would hope that you're not thinking about that. You would hopefully be only thinking about the game that you've got. Yeah, I was just thinking, what is the win rate, rate for uh, Broncos against Panthers, as an example? Like, what's their record against the Panthers? They lost yeah. to them in round 12, and they lost to them. Oh, no, they beat them in round one by one point. I have a feeling there's going to be a thin bin or two in that Broncos-Warriors match as well, and I reckon there'll be um, a couple in the uh, the Panthers game too. It, it feels weird because I remember like all throughout this um, sort of lead up to finals, I know that um, Emma, we were talking about if the Cowboys make it, you know, seeing the calibre of football that these teams are playing at the moment. And I know like without Val Holmes, the Cowboys were just kind of, I don't want to say handicapped, but, you know, he was certainly missing. And, you know, you could see it with the way the team were playing, like in terms of connectivity um, on the field. Did you think that if they had Val in the side and didn't have that suspension that um and they were playing, do you think that they'd be in the finals this year? I think they just had too much going on. Like it wasn't just Val. They were missing Scott Drinkwater for a while. They were just missing like a few players at different times that they just couldn't get a they just couldn't get a solid run, I think. Um so maybe it might have made a difference, but they might not have still. I mean we only had to win one more game, did we? So so, yeah, maybe if he wasn't missing, um, we could have made it in, but I don't think we would have made it very far even if we did because they just they just had one playing their best footy. If I'm being honest, like they're not – I mean, they're not up to the standards of the Warriors, the Broncos, Storm or the Panthers, so. Mm. I thought they were – look, I mean, I thought they were definitely better than the Roosters. Yeah, I, I think so too. Oh, well. <laughs> Done and <laughs> dusted. Year. Next year. That's what we all Next say. Next the year. Wooden spoons. <laughs> all right. Let's have a chat about the Delhi M, the prestigious night of nights for the rugby league community and the uh, and the players takes place. I think it's next week, actually. Um, I'm not sure where the venue is. It seems to be all hush-hush until in a couple of days before. I don't know whether they just do it because stopping – you know, fans from turning up and asking for autographs. I don't know, but um, it would be a nice little extra opportunity for them to do that. We're the rule in one place, you know. Why not? All the top players. All right, so have either of you had a chance to have a look at the list? Um, and I myself have been a little bit unsure about the selection and the points uh, sort of scoring for Delhi M. It took me a little while to um wrap my head around it. Are there any particular players that you would like to see definitely be in the top five? So for players, like for the, the big shot, the big prize, Dali M, I'd love to see Sean Johnson up there. I think he has a really good shot at it. I think he will probably end up as halfback of the year. No matter what, I'll just put that out there. Uh, whether he ends up Dali M, I guess we'll see. But I think, yeah, he's a very, very strong position at the moment to take out that prize. Yeah, well, I was going to say the same thing for Adam Reynolds. I feel like he could be both of those as well. That is a very good point, yeah. I feel like the reason I went uh, with Johnson more over Reynolds for that is I think it just in my head I went Reese Walsh and how many points is he going to be stealing 
when Brisbane get those big wins. Whereas the Warriors, there's not too many players that come to mind who really, um, I guess, have, I guess, just a great game, like a, a game where they lead and, and get the win for their team, right, which is where you get those three points. Um, I feel like there's not many players other than Sean Johnson who lifts their team to a win. Uh, maybe a few in the forwards, maybe you think like Torhu Harris or Fanua Blake, but also they tend to not do very well in, like forwards tend to not do very well in Dally M tallies anyway. Whereas, yeah, for Brisbane, I feel like Reese Walsh has been, you know, the main man in a few matches at least, and that's probably hurt Reynolds' campaign a little bit. I was going to say um, Payne Haas uh, is probably the, the the one that I would imagine would be leading in, in that, you know, sort of position um, as a candidate up there. And I think he's been, they've been talking about him being in the lead for quite some time now. Yeah, I think this is where things get a bit weird with the Dalliams because players take points off each other. So because there's so many players at Brisbane who could really be in the running, I feel like Payne Haas might end up getting forgotten as the forward. And that's why we see often players in the forwards being filled out with um, with teams that maybe haven't done so well in the Dalliams teams of the year. But yeah, we'll see. I'm not. I'm not great at predicting this stuff, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good point. Because um, I would probably have, <laughs> if I was going to pick a top five that I thought would get the daily M, like out of, out of the five options, they're probably mostly all Broncos players: Payne Haas, Chris Walsh, Adam Adam Reynolds. Probably chuck in like, I don't know, someone else in there. But those those few from Broncos would definitely be one of my options anyway. <laughs> mm, Pat Kerrigan as well. Is that a great yeah, year? True. Yeah, I think for Warriors, it'd be either Wade Egan, Tohu Harris, or Sean Johnson for sure. I would pick just like, you know, excellent playmakers and um, great players all season. Uh, for Broncos, I would, I'd like to say Ezra Mam because like there's not a lot of fanfare about him because like there's so many other stars in that team. You know what I mean? Like he gets forgotten about. But when you see him on the field, on the ball and off the ball, he's such a great player. I, I really wish that it would be someone like him. Yeah. Oh, look, I think Nathan Cleary, Dylan Edwards um, would be like two players that I thought would would somehow make their way further up the ladder. Um, they've had some great seasons. And Brian Tuttle, actually. He's been playing really, really good all year. And Harry Grant. Yeah, Harry Grant. I think the rules, though, are like you can't have been suspended. Is that right? To qualify for the Delhi M? Like, I think it might have to be like two or three weeks that you're suspended for or something. Yeah, because when I'd say Walsh is out after that one. Remember how he had like a three-week suspension? Was it the swearing at the ref? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? So maybe we can concentrate on the last four remaining teams. Yeah, the last four (laughs) remaining teams. Who we think are like contenders from those four teams that we would like to see make it at least um, in the in the uh, final top five or whatever. So we've got Panthers. I'd love to see Dylan Edwards. I'm not sure how realistic that is, but well, it's pretty unrealistic. Let's be honest, but I think he deserves um, the toiling away. I think that's a good shout. I would probably say that as well. Yeah, I agree. Probably Cleary as well from the Panthers. He'll be there for sure. Yeah, so Cleary and Edwards. So what about Storm? Harry Grant? You'd think. I'm trying to think like a, a Ford that's surely 
gotten a few points, but the probably is there's not none that really come to mind for Melbourne. Okay, next team. What about Warriors? We've already gone through the Warriors, haven't we? Yeah, on Johnson, I think Torhu Harris is always always there, and Fennel Blake. Chancellor Cook looks has had a great season. Uh, I've really loved what he's been able to do. I don't think he'll be represented much in point scores, but yeah, would love it if it was. Any 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 random random names that you want to see in there that haven't made it in the uh, round twelve shortlist? Like, let's think of let's think of the bottom two teams. Is there is there anyone from the bottom two teams that you think um, you know could be could be a contender for Delhi if if they weren't necessarily in a bottom two team? Well, like so, Ben Hunt. <laughs> yeah, Ben Hunt, probably, and we'll probably end up up there just because when Dragons did like do decent. He'd pro- when Dragons win, he'd probably steal the three points, and when they lose, he might nag a, or jag a, a one point. Um, so, yeah, we'll probably see him but at least higher than a lot of the other uh, players down there. I think that's what, like, mm. if teams at the bottom have one standout player, then they tend to do well because there's less people to take it off them. Yeah, from the Tigers, I think Appy Coruscant has got to, got to be up there for sure. Yeah, um, I agree. But that's pretty much that's pretty much it from the Tigers. If I was going to pick one from your team, uh, the Cowboys, Emma, I'd say it's definitely drink water. I think yeah. he's had. I agree. Like he'd he'd definitely be a candidate for your side. Yeah, and uh, it's all lungy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the Cowboys is like uh like we're was saying about taking points off. There was. Like how many do we have in original at one point? Like six. Like we had kind of a bunch of good players at the same time. So they're probably all fighting for the same points, I guess. And that's a wrap for this episode of the NRL show. Thank you so much, Emma and Lachlan. Looking forward to having you back soon, Gabby, and we hope you can rejoin us. We'd like to wish our show genius, factoid king, footy researcher and legend Lachlan McIntyre a wonderful and safe trip to Europe. Safe travels, Lachlan, and we will miss you for our remaining episodes, although many thanks for your great contribution to the show this season. We'd like to wish the four teams playing great matches with hopefully no injuries, send-offs or suspensions. And to those of you heading out to watch the matches at Olympic Park and Lang Park, please be safe and have fun. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we are grateful for you choosing to tune in and hear our musings and thoughts. If you have stuck with us since the start of the season, thank you. We really do appreciate your support. It's, it's the few times that you've heard us. We hope you can join us again soon. So from the team here at the Motorsports NRL Show, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Are you ready? Three, two.